I've never went into a big meeting with a potential customer and had every feature they asked for. This is Alyssa Paget. Welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 187. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly show for nomadic entrepreneurs, and today we are turning the microphone around, and I am taking over the show to interview someone who I personally think is pretty, pretty, pretty awesome, <laughs> Heath Paget. You may have heard of him. And so today I really wanted to take over the show and talk about campground booking. Many of you know if you've been listening to the show for a while, four years ago now, Heath came to me with an idea which is normally what he does pretty much every single day. He has a new business idea and he said, babe, I want people to be able to book campgrounds online. And of all the ideas that Heath has ever come up with in our marriage, this has been one that he has clearly stuck with, found partners to work on this on, developed a product, started actually making money with it and gone through this whole crazy software startup process. And so I wanted to do a podcast series where I could bring him on and share some of his knowledge and some of his experience with you guys because Heath, in my opinion, doesn't really talk about his own business experience enough. He loves interviewing people and hearing all of their stories, and I really wanted to give him a platform to do the same. So Heath, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> so today I really want to talk about product development and how you went from being this guy who had a ton of business ideas to choosing this one and making it real and actually running campgrounds now. So what was your initial idea for campground booking? Actually, the I think the very first iteration of this idea came from when like a month after we first started traveling, we were on the Pacific Coast Highway trying to like find a state park during the summertime in California, which if you've ever done that is impossible. I remember we were like bouncing around state parks and we would like have to literally pull into each one. And there was one in particular, I remember that they didn't just say full, they said full, full and full with like an exclamation point. And it was basically just, it was kind of ridiculous because it's like, I should be able to pull out my phone and check availability online. So I think that was maybe like the seed of it was mm -hmm. us being out on the road and realizing like, this is not the most efficient process. Like hotels figured this out 20 years ago. Most campgrounds <laughs> should be online or have a decent way for us to like pull up an app and track availability and things like that. So I think that was like the seed of it. And then I started seeing other people start working on ideas in the space and it wasn't exactly the way that I would have approached solving this problem. Were they reviewers, these other people? No, okay. at least the ones that I knew weren't. But once we finished up Hourly America, which was kind of like the focus of 2014 and 2015, mm -hmm. it was actually like, hey, what's gonna be the next overarching goal that's gonna take up the next few years of our life? And that's when I started really thinking about it more. And it was kind of early 2016 when you started really taking action on it. Yeah, it was kind of like, I'm always trying to figure out like, what's the next thing after the next thing on the horizon? And so <laughs> it sounds silly, but it's, I think, have you ever read The E-Myth? Have you read it? No. I talk I've about it on the podcast of, a lot. I've heard many, many people yeah. recommend it. So there's something that they talk about in The E-Myth, which is you work in the business and you work on the business. And sometimes people struggle to zoom out and focus mm -hmm. on the business, like high level strategy. They're just constantly in the weeds thinking of like to-do lists. And I do not struggle with thinking on the business. If anything, sometimes I struggle to get the day-to-day -day stuff done. So that's mm -hmm. when I talk about, I think about the thing after the next thing a lot. I'm constantly kind of looking at that. I should learn how to play chess because I feel like that would maybe, maybe I'd be good at it or I can learn how to be no, good. I, that would strategy. actually work really well with like your, your mindset because yeah. you are very thinking 10 moves ahead. Anyway, so what was the question? 
What was your initial idea for Camp Graphic? <laughs> the initial product. The initial product idea is actually the exact same, which is to mm-hmm. create a centralized booking experience to make it easier to find and book campsites for people. So that was like the whole... So basically, we just wanted to book online. We just wanted to book online. So that was like the whole notion was that when we first started, and I think that is a thing that I've learned about. This is my first time to actually work alongside a team to build a software product. Like I worked at a software startup in Austin before we started traveling in the RV but I wasn't there for the initial product development of that. Mm-hmm. And what we did, and this is kind of like studied from other people who are in the space. It's like, I had this big dream for creating like campgroundbooking.com being the place to find and book campsites. And I think it's become a place that could morph into that centralized booking experience. But before starting out and saying like, I want to create this thing, like a lot of people will come to problems and say like, I have a solution that is going to solve this great problem instead of focusing on the problem and you get over attached to a solution. So I wanted to make sure that we were focused on what the actual problem is. Mm-hmm. And that was that it's a hard to find and book campsites. There could be a lot of different solutions. You could start like a online travel agency where you're like have a bunch of RVers behind phones that get texts and like book campsites for people. You could Mm -hmm. start a booking site that sent requests to campgrounds. You could start a property management. So essentially we didn't want to just come up with a solution to solve this problem. We wanted to figure out like what was the best approach. And to do that, we essentially said, Hey, look, we're going to be a bootstrapped company and it's going to take a while to like get this going and all of that. So essentially, we decided to focus on building a really good campground software because for 2016 and 2017 was kind of like our beta time for this whole thing, as you know. Mm-hmm. As we talked to a lot of campgrounds, it became evident that of the 13,000 private campgrounds in North America, maybe you know 30% of them were taking online bookings. So it seemed like the I feel ma- like that's actually high. It seemed like the main pain. Maybe it probably was accurate then or maybe over Mm -hmm. the last few years it's hard to know because if they're not online like it's you're literally scouring a database to figure this stuff out but it was more just from like you and i going to campgrounds and me talking to them and asking what are you using Mm -hmm. things like that i think we realized that okay at this main pain point the really the big problem is that a lot of campgrounds are using outdated reservation systems that don't have an api that we can connect to or they're using excel or pen and paper essentially so the bigger i want to i'm going to pause you right there yeah You've said you started a campground software, you said reservation software, and then you said API. Explain all those things. Campground software, it's kind of a vague term, but yeah. if you think of like a hotel software, it's we call it property management system because essentially that's exactly what it is. Campground booking is a product. It's a reservation system. Sorry, I'm using it interchangeably because I typically <laughs> so, do. So they mean the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a, the kind of official word I use, like if we're writing a proposal, it's like a property management and online reservation system because that's kind of all encompassing. And sometimes I just say campground software. Mm-hmm. But essentially, our core product that we started out with was something that could run a campground's entire property that allowed them to easily take online reservations on site at the park. So essentially, that's kind of where we realized that was a big pain point because if you started a site and just said, hey, I'm going to build campgroundbooking.com and become the place to find and book campsites, and I'm just going to go integrate with all the existing reservation systems out there, the problem with that approach is many of the campgrounds weren't using one. So you would have scattered inventory across the country and you'd have trouble integrating with systems. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I saw these other companies were struggling with is that they weren't actually, they were starting like the, we're going to be the consumer facing site and struggling to actually get bookable inventory because Mm -hmm. there wasn't enough. Like the big chains had bookable inventory. A lot of the smaller campgrounds were starting to get some, but a big part of the market for private campgrounds in North America, at least still were not operating on 
an online reservation system that was integrated with their property management system. So you needed that API so you could make that integration so you could actually connect the pen and paper that many campgrounds use that says site 17 is booked on these days, site 18 is open, and connect that with the actual website that a customer would see. Exactly. Yeah. So essentially, we own the calendar is is one way of saying it because (laughs) With Campground Booking, our product, it's a B2B SaaS application that when you log in, you have a dashboard, color-coordinated grid, drag and drop, move all the reservations around. So if a campground has 250 sites, they have a 250-site grid that we manage for them, essentially, and they can see all of their bookings that come in. When somebody's booking on their Campground Booking page, there's like a little gray pending reservation that pops up that's like 10 minutes. So you can actually see when people are booking online on your grid. We have like an integration with QuickBooks, all different kinds of ways for them to like manage their rates and all that kind of stuff. So it's a whole 30-minute demo, as you know, for me to like go through all the specifics. But I think what I learned during this time is like that was the much less sexier way to start this business Mm -hmm. because my bigger dream was actually to have a consumer-facing B2C site. And instead, it was kind of like it's been just kind of a grind to get Park signed up. And we're kind of now at a point where we've done a decent volume of bookings through the site and like we're getting better traction and things like that. But it wasn't the sexier version of like solving this pain point. So it would have been Mm -hmm. much easier to focus on just like, hey, let's build the consumer-facing site. But I don't believe that that was the best way to solve the problem when we started three years ago. Right. You were trying to solve the bigger problem, which is that campgrounds need to be able to better manage their parks first so that then they can take online reservations. So for someone like me, an RVer, I love the idea of online reservations. You do not have to sell me at all. Just like point me to the website where I can find the campground that I need and book it. But I'm not really your target audience with this product. Like you said, this is a B2B SaaS product. So how are you getting from your own like RVing experience to actually talking to campground owners and figuring out that this is what they need? Yeah, we can kind of talk through the timeline a little bit. I know we're going to talk through partnerships and stuff, but I met one of my co-founders who we ended up buying out this year because he took a full-time job, Bob, in February of 2016. And then my other co-founder, who is our CTO, and we work on the business day-to-day together and have for the past few years is Paul Ryan and the fall of 2016. And that's really when we, that's when we filed for the business. That's when we started building an actual product. When Paul came on board, we were like, we need somebody who has a lot of software experience to like build this. And Paul's been amazing in helping actually, like he's a wizard, like he's a five in one (laughs) developer kind of guy. And so that was when we first started it. And as we were building out the product, we were traveling and like, I was talking with campgrounds, like even before we had a product, I remember we were at a park in Washington and I went up to the front office and I was like showing them designs and stuff like that. And and trying to just like have conversations with campgrounds to give feedback on where the product was going and what could be valuable. When we were staying at the park in San Marcos that fall, I went up and talked with them. Mm-hmm. And so part of it was talking with RVers, which I realized wasn't as helpful because they didn't actually know what the campgrounds needed. So I mm-hmm. thought like our community in the RV space would be more helpful, but I got a lot of mixed feedback during that time that they didn't actually know. I weighed too heavily on other people who didn't necessarily understand all the pain points of the system. Mm-hmm. I think a turning point for us was we were getting ready to kind of go live after a few different parks that had like demo accounts and like we're testing the software and things like that. And then through Mike Elias, who runs Leisure Travel Vans with his brother Ryan, 
he connected me to the Canadian Campground Association who were wanting to develop more of a national reservation system to help a lot of their parks go online. So they have about 2,000 members. So you're saying Canada was ahead of America in this online reservation space? I don't know that they were ahead necessarily, but they were definitely forward thinking. Shane, mm-hmm. who runs that board, basically brought us in and we kind of sh- shared, here's where we're at with the system and things like that. This was in 2016? This was, I want to say they may have even started having conversations in late 2016 or 2017 before you had any kind of like real real traction yeah uh maybe it was 2017 but essentially getting looped into that ecosphere or is that the right word ecosystem ecosystem was the right yeah the right (laughs) was good timing for us because what it did was it allowed us to stop thinking arbitrarily about what campgrounds might want in a product and actually start having conversations with them with parks who could use the system and like we could be on site and we could talk to them every day and say like what would you want in your real like a real reservation system otherwise it's just like us sitting there thinking about what we would want mm-hmm. versus them like telling us and and understanding the real pain point so that was really really beneficial because I felt like it opened up that consumer dialogue in a very meaningful way. So instead of guessing, we we knew where the real pain points were for them. Mm-hmm. And flash forward to 2018, when we started taking actual bookings and campgrounds, we're using the system and things like that. And I know we skipped over a lot in between that. Like we started realizing how we could actually solve their pain point. So the pain point for us as campers was that we wanted to find and book campsites. But the pain point for campgrounds, they actually didn't care. Like about, mm-hmm. I learned like many campgrounds are actually full across North America. And so they're like, I'm full. Why do I need to change up all my processes? Like, why do I need to change this up? And like, you know, like I'm already making the maximum already making, amount of money I can make kind of thing. Actually, that's never true. But some of them might think that. But, right. Yeah. That's what they were thinking. So, uh, but anyway, so we started realizing the real pain point that we could help them with was the pain point that a lot of people solve in business, which is giving them more time and giving them more money. And that's not just like saying that literally like when we ran the numbers, like we had one park last year in 2018 that did, took zero online reservations. They were using like their own version of like an offline system. And then they signed up for campground booking this year. We took over 65% of their bookings wow. online and then they were able to have more predictive cash flow earlier in the camping season. So they were able to make like improvements around the park because normally mm-hmm. they weren't taking money. They used to have people who would not show up for their reservations and they would give them bad credit cards. So they missed out on revenue there. They were able to quit answering their phones. Pretty much they have their voicemail that says like, go to our website and book online. So they were able to like focus more time with their guests in person. And essentially we just started realizing like all the very like true pain points that we were serving that maybe we weren't pitching before. Cause my early yeah. pitch to campgrounds was selfish. I'm an RVer. I want to book campsites online. And they're like, mm-hmm. cool. I could care less. And <laughs> And then getting to the point where we were like, here's the real ways that we've made campgrounds lives better and help them run their business more efficiently and save time and money. And by the way, it's completely free for you to use 100%. And I want to talk about pricing in a whole yeah, we'll, different we'll get episode it, yeah. because there's so much to go into there. But I think what's really interesting that you said is like, it took you what, about two years of like product development to get to the point where you realized the whole goal was not just 
online reservations. It's, hey, you're spending so much time taking reservations over the phone and trying to get credit card information or payments, all that sort of thing. We can increase your cash flow and we can give you time to actually improve your park Mm -hmm. and not be sitting in an office all day, which I feel like as a potential future campground owner like you and I, like sitting in an office answering phones all day does not sound fun. Exactly. That's not why most people buy it. That's not why anybody buys a campground. I imagine it's inside. Like you buy a campground because you want to run a business that allows you to be outside Mm -hmm. and and interact with people. And it actually offers you up more time to do that. And so so I just want to interrupt kind of our flow here and say, so how do you pitch a campground now having like that in mind? Like we can increase your cash flow by taking your reservations online and give you like predictive of when you're going to be busy, things like that. Yeah. So I would say that now, like a big part of the selling that's been really cool is like if we get on web, we've done quite a few webinars that have gone well. And I just got mm-hmm. back from Toronto. I was doing an in-person demo. So some of these have come from our partnerships with the campground associations now that we have relationships with. We'll set up like a webinar. And in those, it's nice because I can just run through the product. And it's mm-hmm. a corny thing, but our product is really robust. We've done a lot of things that are extremely thoughtful and that take time to build out. And we've done it with a really good design user interface. So essentially, I feel like once I get a campground on a call, especially like in the past six months, as Mm -hmm. I've shared like newer, newer updates, like we have a full reservation, the history of the reservation that shows up and like the, the shortcuts we've created on the dashboard. Like we've started getting more and more parks that are like I'm in at the end of the call versus it being like a long drawn out sales process where they're like, Let me know when you have this feature. Mm -hmm. And I think that that anybody who's listening who has built a software application, I will say that at least in my scenario, and I don't know if this is true for everybody, it was extremely discouraging for the first like two years of doing demos. Like Mm -hmm. I can honestly say that it was a very long time. I would get off like every demo and almost like want to cry and quit just because I would be like, I would have to skip through various screens like in the in the reservation system because it's a big application right so like accounts yeah it's nothing really there right now (laughs) um (laughs) you know like yield management yeah we'll get there adding multiple tax rates into a site type so that you can charge different for your glamping Mm -hmm. tents versus your rv sites like yeah we're not we don't have it yet Mm -hmm. but we will you know so it was just kind of like it felt good to get it to a point where we had a lot of those things built in so now demos are, are totally different but I would say for if we're talking about initial cold outreach, the way I would explain it now is like we're doing a little bit more of that where we're just like shooting out emails to, to campgrounds now. And I would just basically say, hey, we have a free reservation system. We've helped a lot of parks in your area go from offline to online reservations. So I would like look on their website, see if they're using like a request form. Like we've helped mm-hmm. cut down the amount of time spent taking calls significantly and things like that. Because a lot of the parks in Canada that we've worked with and we have more in the U S now we're signing up more each week, but a lot of their pain point has come from like people want to grab their long weekend sites or their weekend stays in like January or February. So at that time of the year, they're getting hundreds, if not thousands of phone calls and emails from people trying to like grab a site and things like that. And if you think about that, like each of those email exchanges or phone calls is going to be like five to 15 minutes depending on like the back and forth and the changes and things like that. Mm -hmm. So five to 15 minutes times whatever you're paying an hourly employee, like we've done the math and it's, it ends up being a lot of money that they're spending and headache. Otherwise it's just like you flip on the switch, take online bookings and you have to do nothing. Yeah. You have to do nothing. And one of the things that helped sell was one of the parks who are a board member on the Canadian campground association who started using us names, Kirk. 
and they run a park in New Brunswick called Ponderosa Pines. You should check it out if you're on the East Coast. It's near Hope of Rocks, which is like where the... the, like the Bay of Fundy. The Bay of Fundy, yeah, where mm-hmm. the they actually have a property right next to that park, so you should go check them out. But he was sitting at like a meeting and his phone kept going off and he was like getting all these bookings and stuff. And everyone else was like telling him that he needs to pay for the food and like pay for drinks and stuff because he's <laughs> getting like all these online bookings and making money while they're sitting at this meeting. And they said that that was a good selling point for using our reservations. I think that's the dream for any business owner, any yeah. entrepreneur. I'm just, I'm just out to lunch and my phone's going off and I'm making money. Yeah. Especially his ringer was like a quacking duck. So I think it was super obnoxious, <laughs> but I don't know. It works, I guess. So you've mentioned a few different features as you've been talking that are part of the campground booking property management software, your your whole product. How do you decide what becomes a new feature and how long does it take to then integrate it into your existing product? It really just depends is the short answer. It's kind of based on demand. So okay. one thing that we talk to a lot of campgrounds, as soon as they come in, they'll might ask for like something that's really easy. So we use dynamic forms in our back in our settings, for example, and I'll explain what that is. So essentially, okay. like whenever you're going through the online reservation process, you have to put in like your name, email address, phone number. Those mm-hmm. are like standard fields that we need before like capturing payment information and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's super easy to like throw an additional field into that mix. So basically to throw in like, I want to also collect license plate. But if somebody comes in and they say, I really need yield management, for example, which is essentially like once you hit 75% occupancy, it bumps it up to like, bumps bumps your rates up, something like that. That's a much bigger feature. Same with like book by map, real time availability. It all just depends. We essentially, we use Jira, which is, it's a software that we use to track bugs, track ideas for, they're called stories for potential customers for features that they really want. So anytime somebody comes in and says, I really want this feature, we add it into Jira, kind of like throw it in the backlog. And then we, based on level of priority, we would assign like and say, hey, our next big priority is going to get the bug by map feature built out or availability. And and so we kind of measure that based on how many customers are asking for something is the short answer. And so that's something that we have to, we've kind of had to learn to explain to campgrounds as they've signed up. It's like they ask for one thing and the way we kind of prioritize it, say, hey, the good part about us being a young company is that you can influence our product and that we can build things that you really want. And it's still being shaped into what it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside is that we may not have everything you need right out of the box right now. But the upside is you can, you know, influence that product. Where if you were going to influence a product normally, you'd have to like go out and build it, hire developers and things like that. If you're going to make your own thing, so. So let's say yield management, for example, is that a live feature right now? No. Okay, so that's a bad example. So adding a license plate into the form, like something like that, I don't think that would take much time right to add into versus you know like yield management so you said like you prioritize based on like the the need are there some things that you can just like in a day throw in there and then it's like okay well we further develop the product or is it more demand i guess one example is and i'm learning all this all the time with software paul my partner i'm fortunate to have him because he's been doing this for many years but Mm -hmm. we had one campground for example and sometimes customers will come along and it's like, hey, I need these three things. And they're going to be big enough that it rationalizes like, you know, long weekends and things like that to get the features out. So we launched with the campground in early 2019, earlier this year. And there was literally probably about 20 features that they said, hey, we'll join. But you guys, ha- yeah, it was. You took cr- 20 additional features before they would join? I don't remember exactly how many features they were. And they weren't all big ones, but some of them were pretty big. 
Like they needed drag and drop on the dashboard. They needed a lot of reports we didn't have. They needed the ability to print off parking passes from the dash. There was just a ton of things that we didn't have that we need. And so sometimes it's good to have customers that come along that are big enough that you're like, hey, I know I need to build these things eventually, but now I have to get them all done now because somebody's committing to do it. So I would say that that's kind of how we prioritize how many customers are asking for something. If it's a really big customer that we could potentially, you know, like we did, we have an integration with Gorvi in Canada. So they were big enough and we wanted to, to power our bookings through their trip planner because they reach millions of people every year on their campground listings and they were going to sign up, but they were like, we really want a trip planner on our website. So we're like, okay, we'll build it for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, like they were big enough that that was worth that long-term payout for us. So it just kind of depends on how big the customer is, how many customers are asking for a feature. And then we prioritize tasks and new features kind of in accordance with that. But I think the balance with building, like bootstrapping the software business is that you also have to take time to focus on like squashing bugs and supporting the app while you're also building the long-term type of product, if that makes sense. Yeah, because if it's not working right, if there's a ton of bugs and it doesn't make sense to be focusing on growing it because people can't use it if they keep running into roadblocks. Yeah, and one thing that I remember a couple of years ago, I was talking with Nathan Berry from ConvertKit, mm-hmm. just talking to him about campground booking and building a SaaS application. He was like, I've never went into a big meeting with a potential customer and had every feature they asked for. And I thought that was really encouraging because I've, even now, us having you know, 95% more features than we had two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. there's still almost every demo I go into, there is one thing or two things maybe that they suggest or they bring up that we don't have. Most of the time we have a lot of it, but there's always going to be like one or two things that we don't have. That was kind of encouraging to know that like if you're building a SaaS application, you're never going to have 100% of the features that a customer needs. So I think it's just a matter of like, you know, sharing with them the reasons why you're different than somebody else and how you can provide value and, and like telling your own story as a company in a way that's different and letting them know that you're going to be there to support them as they sign up and they get going and that you're going to continue listening to them and building things out as we move forward. So that's kind of been our narrative as we've signed up a lot of early parks has been like, we know we don't have anything. We're a young company, but we're in the industry. We do a lot outside of just the software company. We've got this conference. We you know, have this blog, this podcast, and this Facebook group, and we do a lot of work with companies in the space. And we just signed up a park this past week that has multiple locations across the country. And you know, that was something they said they really liked about us was that we they felt like we're going to be in the industry for a long time. And they have, they do a lot of things in the RV and camping industry too. So it's like comes down to figuring out what you can offer that's different, even if you don't have all the features there today. So for y'all, you know, what sets you apart from any other campground management, online booking software is like, I guess passion is almost the right word. Like you have passion for the RV industry. It's not just like, hey, this is a great money-making opportunity. I'm going to build this software. It's like, no, this is something that I live and breathe and you're about to get into another RV and start traveling again. And it's something really personal for you. Like it's in your life every day. Yeah. I think for us, we've realized we needed multiple key differentiating factors, or at least to be able to try and communicate and explain why we believe they are. Mm -hmm. One is a better product design. So like, that's one thing that a lot of parks, even if we haven't had everything they needed or whatever, they've said we've been able to get employees up and training within like a day because it's really well designed and it's a lot more intuitive and easy to use than a lot of the other systems. So there's that, which is more like I, if somebody was looking at the software and didn't know anything about us, they'd be able to say like, that's different, but eventually other companies will catch up. And so that will only last for so long. And then we've also tried to have both, which is more of our narrative as a company being in the industry 
you know, built from people who have spent a lot of time in campgrounds, but also, you know, I spent time on site at campgrounds this year too. So the way we tried to communicate as well is just like having that open dialogue with campgrounds that like, yeah, we may, we didn't know what we were doing whenever we started this. We didn't know what was a really good campground software, but because we've been listening, spending time on site, talking to campgrounds every day, like this is may not have been directly built by campground operators, but it was heavily influenced to, you know, to be something that served their needs well, essentially. And it's something that you're constantly growing. Exactly. I feel like yeah. that's what you said about Nathan saying that like there's always features that new clients are going to want and that you're active and like willing to continue growing the product and make it more and more robust so that it'll appeal to more and more customers is something that's going to be really important for anyone to remember that's trying to build as complex of a product as as what you've got in this software yeah it's coming seasons for us so like when we launched in 2018 we only had a few, like a handful of parks that were using the system mm-hmm. and i think that actually was okay because we needed to get it into somebody's hands and right now we're probably in our first big time of like heavy selling selling season so i've been on i'll have done six demos this week which is i was talking to you yesterday that's like a a lot for i think i don't think i've ever done that many demos in one week unless i was doing like a webinar with a lot of campgrounds and i even did do kind of a webinar because i was in person in toronto last week with like 20 campgrounds so <laughs> we're just now getting into our first real season of selling which is fun because it means the product has got to a place where it's, I would say, I'm just yeah. going to interrupt and say like confident selling because you've been selling for years, but like you said earlier, like it, you always kind of felt like it wasn't a great thing that you were selling. Like it wasn't where you wanted it to be. I wouldn't say not a great thing, but, and I feel like I've just referenced a lot of my friends who started software companies in this, <laughs> but like, <laughs> no, it's good. You got yeah, mentors. Yeah, exactly. So Ryan, who built a lot of wheelbase, which powers the RV rental fleet software behind Outdoorsy. If you've heard of them and I've Ryan's been on this podcast and things Mm -hmm. like that, but the way he described it was when you're bringing on your first five, 10, maybe even 15 customers in like a B2B SaaS application, you don't like communicate with them and say, we have this out of the box solution that's going to solve all your problems. You say, we're partnering with you to build what could be a really great solution for you. And it kind of sets the expectation from the very beginning that it's not going to have everything, but we're going to listen and we're going to build it. We're going to try to do as quickly as we can. It's been a matter of getting them in, sharing them the future for where the product's going, and then supporting them enough for all the manual touch points that need to happen until everything's fully automated and doing everything that it can. And so that's been a whole different conversation I know we're going to get into on the customer support side. But that I think that's been a crucial part of this year for us has been there's still a little bit of the gap on where the product needs to be. And so we've tried to fill that with really good support, documentation, things like that moving forward until we can get everything they need. So I want to wrap this up because we've been talking about product development for a while now and we do have some other episodes that we want to do in this little startup series talking about these different kind of big things that you have to figure out with any business that you're creating. Like you mentioned, we'll do one on on customer service. I have one last question for you on product development. Just what are some of the cool features of campground booking? Like I know people can like book online, but what are some of the cool, interesting things that you've had to develop based on this feedback you've gotten from campground owners? So we were talking about this because our big goal this next year is that we want to buy a campground. Yes. That's so, why I'm so interested, really. Yeah, exactly. Well, honestly, like you should play around with our software more because I, you've been in it, you've seen it, but you haven't like played around with it a ton. What, what would I play with? Just like booking sites for fun? Just know that now that we're getting into looking for a campground, I feel like it actually could be helpful. Yeah. This is a total husband and wife conversation. We'll take it <laughs> offline. Uh, as far as cool features go, I feel like one that 
it doesn't sound crazy complicated or whatever, but having a drag and drop dashboard was actually like a big thing for us to get to that point. So basically all that means is that whenever parks have crazy weekends where you've got a lot of people coming in and you need to like Tetris people into various sites. So to be able to like drag a reservation out and say like they're staying a few more nights or whatever, like that was a big deal. One would that, that also be like switching people's like yeah, sites from exactly. like site seventeen to site eighteen. Exactly. That sort of thing. Yeah. The more complicated part of you is if you need to switch somebody somebody from site seventeen to site one hundred and fifty five, because if you imagine how big of a drag, yeah. So there's other <laughs> ways you can do it. Yeah. Down. So that's a whole different conversation, but that's one that was kind of cool. I'm trying to think of other ones that a lot of them have been like the least sexy features for parks like have almost been the passes. big selling points. Parking passes is one. A lot of shortcuts on the dashboard has been another one. So in other words, so you don't have to like click into the reservation because it's all about time, right? So every time you have to click into a reservation, like that takes longer because you have to go between the tabs. So being able to like issue cancellations and all these other things directly on the dashboard. And whenever I went up to one of the parks this summer, one of the big deals was that they had 165 sites. And anytime they clicked into a reservation and went back to the dashboard, it actually like took them to the top of the dashboard. So they click in, look at a reservation, Mm -hmm. and then they'd have to scroll back to site down like 150. And so So that seemed like sometimes things get easily lost in Jira. And I would say that's why I realized the importance of spending time with customers on site this year, because I realized like I'd heard that was an issue. But until I was there in person, I didn't realize how much of a painful thing that was every day. So we went back and we're like, okay, now you get pushed back to exactly where you are on the dashboard. I almost feel like a lot of features this year that have made parks the happiest haven't been the sexiest features, but we're now testing on our local servers, our new book by availability and book by map feature, which I wanted to have from day one. And it just goes to show there's you can sell a lot of things to all the features you think you need, because I thought we needed a, a way for people to reserve on the park map by day one we've brought on a lot of campgrounds and we still never had that feature we knew we needed it but as it turns out we were able to facilitate a decent online booking process all that to say we have a really clean like user experience now for like reserving by map uh, filtering by availability and things like that which i'm really excited about and i think that's just a good example of always making sure that your product is evolving and that you're listening to customers so I want to wrap this up here. If people go to campgroundbooking.com, do you have like a a demo or like sample things that people could actually see these things that you're talking about? For sure. Yeah. So if you want to see a little bit more about campground booking and quote unquote, play with it a little bit as as Heath put, you can go to campgroundbooking.com. You can also click on, I want to book a campsite at the top. And if you can check out like what the actually online booking experience looks like in some of the parks who are signed up. So we don't promote that a lot as a consumer facing experience, but we do have like a whole consumer booking experience. We're just mostly focused on the B2B side right now. So one day, one day, maybe when you have maybe hundreds of campgrounds, that'll be a great place to go and find a campground and book it. Exactly. Awesome. So if you enjoyed this episode, I know we got really down in the weeds and very, very specific about some of the different product development strategies and features and things like that with this specific campground booking software. If you want to hear more from Heath about campground booking, more of this little startup series, shoot us an email, tweet Heath, send us a message on Instagram. There's so many different ways to communicate in 2019. Yeah, Heath at campgroundbooking.com or at Heath and Alyssa on Instagram. Yes. Reach (laughs) out. We'd love to hear what you think. Until then, Merry Christmas if you're listening to this currently or have a great day if you're listening to this some other time of year.
Awesome. We'll see you next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.